Hey, what's up, people? This is Gary A. Swaby, and you're now listening to Turnbased, and I'm here with Mr. Jake James Lugo. How are you doing, JJ? I am doing okay. I've rested up at least for like a day or so because we just got back from E3 like not too long ago, and we still got a ton of work to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'm still trying to adjust back to the, the British time because, you know, my body's still in, in uh, LA PST time. So, yeah, I've been finding it hard to adjust. But, you know, I definitely had to get this done, this turn base, because we have a lot of things to talk about, especially, you know, with some things that we saw at E3 and some opportunities that we got at E3. So um, before we get into all of that, I just wanted to have a brief discussion about the Final Fantasy 15 episode Prompto trailer, because that released, you know, pretty recently. I think it was a couple of days ago or so. And um, already, in my opinion, this is looking way better than the episode Gladiolus, um, you know, DLC content. Because in this trailer, we're seeing different gameplay types. You know, you're seeing um, sh- shooter mechanics. You're seeing jet skis and all sorts. And just now, like when you was uh, talking about the trailer, you you made the statement that it, it looks a lot like Metal Gear Solid. And yeah, it definitely does. And I'm I'm very excited for that. Uh, but what's your Definitely. thoughts after seeing that trailer? Well, I don't know if it necessarily looks better than episode Gladiolus. I think that they're definitely going in some different directions between the two episodes. And it'd be interesting to see what happens with the episodes afterwards, which would be episode Ignis more than likely. And uh, I, I have to say, like, it, it reminds me heavily of, of uh, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. As far as, like, the aesthetic, you know, controlling... Uh, prompto and getting into combat a lot of the shooting gameplay which is what we didn't see a lot of in final fantasy 15 or in episode gladiolus so this is radically different than what we're accustomed to so what i'm hoping is that it feels good to play again we're gonna know by next week because it's coming out on the 27th worldwide which is cool and i also hope that since in the trailer we saw a bunch of different stuff including some jet ski gameplay when you're actually prompto riding a jet ski in the snow uh, for whatever reason, story-wise, I'm hoping that's not like a small section of what goes on because the episode Gladiolus wasn't a very long DLC, wasn't a very long episode. So it's safe to assume that this one won't be that long as well. And there's a lot going on in this trailer. So let's just hope that it's not something that, again, it, it, it has like that ADD syndrome where it just goes to one thing, then immediately jumps to another, then jumps to another, then jumps to another. I want to be able to at least soak in and get a good amount of stuff out of this DLC, out of this episode with uh, Prompto Sword, because it looks like they're going to tackle a lot of heavy subject matter and some questions they're probably going to answer that we never really got the answers to in the original Final Fantasy XV. Yeah, I can agree with you with that, because like if it's just like an hour long, um, you know, DLC and like they cram in all the, that those different gameplay mechanics and everything, you know, it's, it's definitely going to feel a bit rushed and a bit like they've just squeezed things in there just for the sake of it. I don't want it to feel like that at all. But I will say that, you know, one of the issues that I personally had with episode Gladiolus was that it was, you know, it was just the same thing over and over, like, you know, just, um, but well, not button mashing, but like you just swinging your sword combat and, you know, all that. And it didn't, I, I felt, I feel like it didn't really mix things up enough. Um, it was just the same type of gameplay and it wasn't really that difficult either. There wasn't much of a challenge there for me. So I, that's why I kind of didn't like it as much, but it was still very cool experiencing things from Gladiolus's point of view. So I just hope that, you know, with the episode Prompto, 
it's the perfect mix. It's the perfect blend of experiencing things through Prompto's eyes and that it's spread out enough and that there's enough, you know, different types of gameplay going on there. What, what I also do want to add, and I think that it's important that we didn't really get this in episode Gladiolus. We didn't really get the ability to customize our weapons, our items, and our armor with Gladiolus back in that episode. I'm hoping in this one, since there's more combat and it looks like there's going to be a lot more stuff going on, that we get to do so with Prompto. And we get more rewards. Please give us more rewards for playing through this and for at least you know committing the time to this that we could use in the main game. Because when you finished... Uh, episode Gladiolus, you only got that big sword that he got to use, and I think you got the outfit that he had during the course of uh, episode Gladiolus. You got like very minuscule amounts of like rewards complete for completing that episode. Give us more in this one. Give us the outfit that we get that I see in uh, that trailer, as well as also give us weapons and items that we could equip to Prompto, if not used for the other team members in our main game. Yeah, I agree with that because. I know. I think they have a new game plus mode added in now, so I, I want. I kind of want more of a reason to hop into that. And you know, if if they give you some good items from these DLC packs, then you know that might make me want to um, jump into a new game. You know, for Final Fantasy 15. So I definitely agree with you there. Uh, but any final thoughts on uh, that trailer? Before I mean, it's coming out next week, so we will get yeah. to play it fairly soon. Yeah, I can't wait to play it. I can't wait to see what it's like. It comes out two days before my birthday, which is pretty interesting. Awesome. So, yeah, we, we definitely got to do something special around that time. Yes. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, okay, so let's jump into E3. So, you know, like we said earlier, we're just getting back from E3. We're getting adjusted and everything. We're knocking out all the content and everything. But um, we did get to see a few cool things related to RPGs and JRPGs at E3. Um, one of the things that, you know, I kind of wanted to touch on real quick was uh, Nino Kuni 2. Now, uh, we actually got a cool presentation of that game. Um, can, do you remember who was giving the presentation? Because I'm bad with names. Uh, I don't remember the specific person. I, I, we know the person, you know, the, the individual personally, because we know all those people over at Bandai Namco that, that do the PR for them. But I can't remember who was the specific person that actually did that uh, presentation, because we had about a total, I think it was three or four presentations that day for different Bandai yeah. Namco games. But the Nino yeah. Kuni one was pretty interesting. Definitely. Um, they, they showed off the, um, I guess they call them Higgledies, which are like, you know, little helpers that you can um, collect in the game. And they give you different abilities when you assign them to your party and everything. And they was also kind of um, explaining the premise of the story, which, um, you know, personally, I don't like to explore too much of the story until I get the game myself, because, you know, I don't want there to be like any spoilers or I don't want to be able to think about what's going to happen and stuff. But they did talk about the characters and stuff, which is cool. Um, I guess Evan is the main character. And um, they spoke about a character called Lofty, who Evan kind of uh, partners with to build a kingdom. So, yeah, it's, Nino Kuni 2 is definitely going to be interesting. You know, it's, it's a completely new story from the first game. Um, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. I didn't actually get to play the game. They did have a demo of it. But the thing is, that demo was, you know, at least like uh, it could be, depending how quick you are, it could be it about was long. You know, 15 to 20 minutes or so. And I had other appointments at that point. And also the thing is, at E3, I don't always like, you know, playing uh, JRPGs and RPGs that I know I'm going to buy anyway, because, 
you know, I just don't want to play too much of it at a show. And already at a show, it's hard to concentrate on everything anyway. So I'm, I'm all right with yeah. not playing it. But that, that presentation definitely did us justice, I think. And I definitely can't wait for that game. Uh, you got any thoughts on it? Uh, I, I had a chance just to look at someone playing the game, you know, off off screen and stuff. I didn't have the controller in my hand, but I did observe some more gameplay outside of the presentation that we got. The game looks great. The game sounds great. They got a lot of star power behind the development of this game. They got people that worked on various Studio Ghibli and Miyazaki films, including the composer of, I believe I wanted to say was either Spirited Away or one of the other big Miyazaki films. And I think that's great because granted, Nino Kuni and Nino Kuni 2 look very Studio Ghibli-like, I want to say. And uh, overall, a lot of the stuff that they were showing us, both with the battle system, they showed us, I believe it was one boss fight against that big dragon with the little kind of like little spirits that they had there that help you out throughout the course of a fight. And I thought it worked out very well. Again, in that one like little small context, compared to like the grand scheme of things, you're not really going to get the most out of it. You're not really going to understand it, especially if you didn't have the controller in your hand when you, uh, when they were playing it there during the presentation. Uh, I'm pretty sure it'll get a lot deeper and a little bit more intimate once we actually have the game in hand. And the game, it seems like they're, they're going to be telling a very big, very deep and engaging story, very similar to the first Nino Kuni. So uh, I can say nothing but good things about it thus far. Hopefully once we get the game in hand, we'll, we'll know for certain. For sure. And um, I keep forgetting, but this game is out this year, right? I believe it's out. This I believe it's later time. in the year. Yeah. Something like that. I, I don't think I don't remember if they said the exact date or, or if they gave like a time frame, but I know it's this year. Right. OK. Yeah. It's uh, 10th of November. So. Oh, OK. So yeah, yeah, we'll November. Get to play that. a few months from now, we'll get to play that. So that's cool. Um, so, yeah, I know you got to play um, some other stuff at E3. You want to talk about some of the things that you got to see and play? Yeah, I got to play a lot of Square Enix stuff, and I got to chat it up with a couple people about some Square Enix uh, RPGs. Uh, The biggest one, I got to play Dissidia Final Fantasy NT, which I think for for us personally was a real big one because we've been waiting for this game. We were talking about this game prior to us going to E3, which is great. We saw the trailer. We saw the gameplay. We actually got to play it right before the PlayStation conference that earlier that week and then i got the chance to play it again at the actual booth uh during e3 on the floor um i played with two different characters on two different segment segments of the game i played with squall in my first uh, section or the first time i actually got hands-on with the game and it feels very good um uh, the way that they had the demo was three versus three so it was simulating a lot of the online battles and what they're going to be like on playstation 4 um, they did assure me that it would be a little bit different for the story section. They really didn't comment on it so much, but for the story segment that is pretty much known for Dissidia and Dissidia to a that was back on the PSP, uh, I don't think it's going to be the three versus three, or it'll probably be back to the two versus two gameplay, but they were very unclear and very vague about that. They're, they're going to kind of release more information as we go along throughout the year, because it's going to be coming out in 2018. Uh, it's not coming out this year. And I'm expecting more announcements as we go along throughout the year, especially as we get more closer to Tokyo Game Show and also PlayStation Experience. I feel like there's going to be a couple big character announcements, some of which I feel are kind of obvious. I I think we're going to get Noctis in this game. It it seems almost ideal, especially with how much stuff that's been getting put into Final Fantasy XV. But also, I think we're also going to get a good showcasing of the villains of this game. Because in the demo that we played, uh, we only got to use the heroes, which is the heroes from Final Fantasy 1 through Final Fantasy 14. 
So you have like the Warrior of Light, you have Cecil, you have Squall, you have Cloud, you have T- uh, Terra, uh, you have Titus, you have uh, Zidane. You have all these different characters that you know and love from the previous games. What I'd be interesting to know is if as we go along towards those other events into next year, when we get closer to the game's release, if we'll start to see some more of the other bigger announcements for characters that are brand new you know characters from final fantasy type zero final fantasy tactics etc yeah definitely i mean there's a big pool of characters that they can you know kind of draw from in the final fantasy universe um and of course we're probably going to get you know the the favorite villains like um sephiroth and uh um i forget the dude from um final fantasy six but final fantasy six is a uh, kefka that's Kefka. Kefka. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Kefka. And yeah, I mean there there's so many cool villains that they can um they can pull from. So I'm 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 sure we'll get a lot of announcements in terms of, you know, not just heroes but villains as well. Um and I'm really interested in seeing what they do with the music, like whether it's all well, the music was awesome. The music was awesome it, when it? I was listening to it. Yeah. I mean, I remember even telling you when we were in the, the PlayStation Gathering before the conference when I was playing, I was like, yo, this remixed music, these, these orchestrated tracks and just re, reimagined uh, themes that everybody knows and loves are really good. They're just, they, they just sound, you know, they, it sounds exactly and, and it hits that same level of quality you would expect from Square Enix when it comes to their music. Again, a lot, they have some of the best music in the entire video game industry for almost all their games. Like, it, you, you can't say that their music is bad by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. One thing I do want to add, though, that is uh, I'm, I'm really curious to see if, if this ends up being the case down the line, if we get a lot more crossover with this game than we initially think. And the reason why I say that is because you remember World of Final Fantasy, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I love that game. Now, in World of Final Fantasy, we got crossover with the Kingdom Hearts series. And I think we also got a couple little uh, hints and, and nods to other Square Enix uh, titles and franchises. What I'm interested to see is if we start to get some real crossover, again, with games like Kingdom Hearts 3 over the horizon, with other big games that are not related to the Final Fantasy series or maybe loosely related to the Final Fantasy series, if they get representation in Dissidia, or again, there's other like games throughout Square Enix's library, you know, from now through 2018, that, that we start to see a lot of cross-pollination. The reason why I say that is because Kingdom Hearts 3 is a very big deal. And I think this game, especially Dissidia NT, is a very big deal. And I, it's almost expected, especially with so many resources being put into some of these bigger games and they're being pushed so much out there. Fans, I'm pretty sure, are going to want this. And I think Square Enix knows that. So who knows? Maybe we might get uh, Noctis versus uh, Sora at one point down the line you know that'd be very cool even as dlc that'd be cool i definitely think they should do that because it's the perfect time for them to cross promote and you know after all um a lot of kingdom hearts fans are also final fantasy fans and you know vice versa and we have you know two huge um well we've got a, a huge final fantasy game coming that everybody wants and we have a huge kingdom hearts game coming that everyone wants so they definitely need to do a lot more cross promotion I think to, you know, just to kind of like merge the audiences a little bit and get people um, buying everything, you know, that would be cool. So, yeah, and and having having Sora in that game would be amazing, I think, with the Keyblade and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, with the 
key. They had so, him yeah. in World of Final Fantasy. Yeah. World of Final Fantasy. They had him, so it's very possible that could be done. So if that wasn't the case, we wouldn't have never got him in World of Final Fantasy. So now that we have a, a legit action game that again still has its roots uh, set in in the RPG genre, and again as like a celebration of the franchise, uh, why not? Why not do that? And I, I think it'd be also. I think a lot of people would be very excited to see that. For sure. Yeah, so that's definitely something to look forward to. This city was a nice surprise because I know it leaked just before E3. And I think we did talk about it before, but yeah, yeah um, we did. that was a nice surprise. And I'm glad we got to play it also. Um, I, I, now, yeah. I did get, I was going to say, I did get to play some other games and I did some interviews for us that you guys can find now on the Coalition YouTube channel by the time you listen to this. And they'll be on the website very, very soon after. But uh, I got a chance to play Brave Exvius Final Fantasy, check out some of the new mm-hmm. content. And I also got a chance to check out King's Knight Wrath of the Dark Dragon. Uh, and for both of those games, I got a chance to talk to, uh, was, it, uh, was it Hiroki Fujimoto-san? Uh, who's the producer of Brave Exodus Final Fantasy. And I also got to talk to Daisuke Motohashi, which is also the producer of King's Knight, Wrath of the Dark Dragon. And, and again, it, we have about close to about eight to 10 minute interviews for each one of them, where we talked about all the new content coming to both games. We talked about some surprises. We talked about collaborations for Brave Exodus Final Fantasy. There's an event coming very soon i believe is at the start of next year or later this year for brave exvius you know celebrating the one year anniversary of the game which i think is pretty nice it's pretty awesome and uh, you know i try to ask a little bit about any other kind of cool musical collaborations they might want to do down the line and they're thinking about it i didn't really get a, a clear answer but they're thinking about some stuff the the ariana grande collab uh really did some wonders for everybody and everybody enjoyed it that's cool yeah those games look great Definitely. They, they played very well overall. And, and I enjoyed them with my time. Again, it was very brief compared to some of the other games that were there. Uh, like, for example, I didn't get a chance to check out uh, Stormblood for Final Fantasy XIV that was there because, again, the line was just, like, ridiculous uh, during E3. And all the lines at E3 were, like, pretty ridiculous. But I did get some time to play those games because I never really dived into them as much. And I, and I liked what I saw. I thought they were pretty good for mobile games. Yeah, so yeah, definitely check out the the interviews and everything. Um, they're they're both already on YouTube right right now. So yeah, they're both on YouTube and they're both going to be on the website very very soon because we try to put them up around the same time in both places so everybody could go to wherever they want to go to for them. Yeah. But again, with with E three, you know, it's it's one of those beasts where everything just goes out of whack. <laughs> so like things are all over the place here and there. But don't worry, by the time you guys are listening to this, it'll be up on both areas. Cool. Yeah, and since you mentioned Stormblood, like I know usually at E3, um, Final Fantasy fourteen is usually there a lot, and they do like a they usually do like a huge event or boss battle or something. Um, and it seems like that game still has you know a large community. Uh, is that a game you would feel like you you want to jump back into at some point in time? I've been thinking about it, and we've been talking with Square Enix on a couple different occasions about Final Fantasy XIV and Stormblood in particular. The thing about like MMOs is that they could be very difficult to get back into when you've been away from them for a long time. And then obviously the subscription model and all those other things become a factor and stuff. But the thing that's interesting about Stormblood is that there's a lot of new content for it. There was a whole big area that involved uh, one of the big raids that's part of the new expansion that they were putting on display there. And people who participated in it and, and completed it were able to get like t-shirts and stuff. And there was this whole big celebration. Uh, if you guys don't know, 
a while back, I believe it was my first or my second E3, I actually met Yoshi P, who was the producer of uh, Final Fantasy XIV Reborn, a while, while back. I was hoping at some point maybe one day we could get an interview with him and actually talk with him about Final Fantasy XIV, how the game has changed over time, as well as the new expansion, Stormblood, or anything else that comes down the line. But at some point, maybe, you know, as time opens up, I would love to jump, just dive back into there. I have friends that play that game very hardcore. Like, they're really into it, and they enjoy it a lot. Yeah, I would love to get back in there and just get super invested. I think one of the things that kind of um, held me back was the the fees, like because you have to pay monthly or you can pay like quarterly as well if you choose to. But uh, yeah, just the additional costs and stuff, it's, it's a lot to invest, invest in and you need to have that time as well to, to make your money worth it. Because, you know, if you're just paying for the game and you're not getting to play it much, then you know, you're kind of wasting money at that point. It um, definitely so yeah, is a big time a investment. Definitely a big time investment. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of get scared off a little bit because it's an MMORPG. That's just the nature of the beast with the genre. But one of the things I do want to stress is that even though there is a monthly fee, you got to give them credit for putting out a lot of quality uh, content constantly with every single expansion that comes out with this game. This is why this game has lingered around for such a long time and has had such a mass following. The line that we saw at that booth, was, again, that doesn't lie. It's, it shows that a lot of people are still interested in this game. They still have events for this game in real life, you know, in various different places related to Final Fantasy XIV, both here in the United States, in Europe, and also in Japan. Yeah, exactly. And, um, like, yeah, even with... The monthly fee like you said the quality really shows so it really seems like square enix is taking that money and putting it back into the game itself because it you know it looks fantastic and there's an abundance of content that's still coming out for it so that's that's great now one thing i want to mention gary that again we should acknowledge even though we didn't really spend a lot of time with them there there were other games from square enix and a couple other rpgs that were lingering around all over the place throughout e3 that we Probably didn't get as much time as we wanted to with it. Again, this year's E3 was an anomaly. It was a pretty crazy beast, and like the crowds were insane, especially with it being open to the public. But I, we did mm-hmm. see Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age there, which we, we saw there oh, being yeah. played. And I've played the Zodiac Age uh, a couple times now, ever since PAX East uh, last year, or earlier this year, I should say, and last year technically as well. But um, we got a chance to see that. I also had a chance to see Yakuza 6 uh, with Sega. I got a chance to go over there and check it out and play a little bit of it. Very basic stuff. Right. If you've played the Yakuza games, you've, you you know exactly what to expect. You know what type of stuff experience you're getting into. Um, I only got to mess around just exploring Kamurocho and actually seeing the area and getting into fights and seeing how the combat has changed ever since Yakuza 0 that, that, that came out not too long ago. And also keep in mind, we're also getting Yakuza Kiwami, which is a remake of the original Yakuza game. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. And there's a lot of other RPGs that, again, we just didn't get a chance to mess around with at E3 this year. Yeah, um, and the the, the Aegis Rim game, that wasn't playable. Was oh, it? yeah, it wasn't playable. So, man, I wanted to play see that game so bad. I, I saw some stuff for it. And I think they had a trailer playing over at the Atlas Sega booth, and they had a whole display for it. But I cannot wait to check that game out. You, you know how much I love Vanillaware. Vanillaware makes some beautiful uh, games that are just visually you know, tremendous eye candy to everybody when you play them. Uh, again, I reviewed Odin Sphere, Lifrasire, Lif- Lif- I, I think I'm pronouncing it right, but Odin Sphere, the, the re-release for it on PlayStation 4, not to, uh, was it last year? And I, I love that game. I just love the way that they design their games. They just look great. 
Yeah, it looks beautiful. I've never, you know, really played many of those games, but um, it has the the aesthetics that I like in, you know, a game. So I definitely want to check. Highly check recommended. Out. Highly recommended, Gary. You got to play those. You got to play that or Dragon's Crown because Dragon's Crown looks just as good, but Odin Sphere is really like the action RPG you really want to dive into. There, well, I, there's I also Moromasa the Demon Crown. Blade. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Like, it, there's also Moromasa the Demon Blade, which is on PS Vita. Mm-hmm. And I think I believe it was also available on uh, the the Wii at one point, but the PS Vita version is the better game. And again, they're very very similar. They're action RPGs. That some of them even have a Metroidvania style aesthetic to them, as far as like the level design and such. But definitely, definitely worth diving into. Cool. Yeah. So um, let's get into you know the mega cool experience that we had at E3, which was you know we actually were contacted by Square Enix and invited to attend a Kingdom Hearts orchestra. And um, I got to thank you, uh, JJ, because, you know, it was all because of you while we actually got in there because they contacted you, they reached out to you and you you organized everything. So I I definitely have to thank you for the experience. But um, it was amazing. Like, you know, um, talk us through the whole experience. So... We it was we were invited by Square Enix and also by members of Disney because when we actually got there, there were Disney employees there that, that were visiting, and it was really cool. Again, big shout outs to both companies for allowing us to go out there and actually give our impressions. You know, see the concert. One of the more confusing things, though, I do want to kind of put out there before we really get into the meat and potatoes of it all, was that I wish that I was able to take photos of the entire show because they only allowed us. Not first off, they only allowed me to go take photos of uh, from a specific spot for like the first 15 minutes of the concert which i was like man if both me and gary were there the entire time we put up probably would have gotten more photos from the actual show and the first 15 minutes did not do the rest of the show justice i i I wish that you know and and they had their reasons for doing it but i wish that they had allowed us to actually take more photos of the show for everything that was going on because it was a beautiful show and i don't think they have anything to be shy about with it but Overall, we got a lot of beautiful music in an orchestral setting and a concert setting for the entire Kingdom Hearts uh, series. We had some phenomenal tracks that they played, including Passion, including, uh, what is it, um, Sanctuary, some of the battle themes for all the worlds and from the original game, uh, which I thought was great. And then what really set the tone and set the mood for everything, and it really was a nice surprise, was seeing Yoko Shinomura actually there not only to kind of intro the actual concert, but also even participate in the music, which I think was great. We saw her play on the piano as like a way to close out the concert. And then at the end of it, we actually saw a surprise guest. We actually got to see Tetsuya Nomura who showed up on stage. And it was kind of funny that the way that they presented it, I know he was there at the other shows, but this one was particularly funny because uh, as soon as everybody was getting ready to leave and stuff, Yoko Shinomura just comes out and like a very cute voice goes, excuse me, excuse me. And it kind of caught everybody off guard and everybody immediately rushed back to their seats. And it was just great to see that. It was great seeing him there. We also got a chance to see the trailer for Kingdom Hearts 3 that came out earlier, I believe it was the, the weekend before, the week before, and where that was like the special trailer that they were showing for the game during that concert, which I think was awesome. I think it was great. Um, and again, I just wish that we were able to show more images and stuff of that actual experience for you guys. Again, I'm going to be putting up, when this post goes up live for the podcast, I'll probably put up a couple pictures that we had while we were at the concert that I had took uh, from that first 15 minutes. Again, it just does not do the rest of the show justice, but it was still a phenomenal concert to be at. 
Yeah, definitely. And um, like one of the things for me is because, you know, I haven't uh, actually beat the first two Kingdom Hearts games at all. Um, but I am familiar with some of the music, but like not all of it. But what was great for me was that, you know, they actually had gameplay on the screen as they were playing the music. So, you know, it, it kind of showed you the, the full context of, you know, each well, they of had, the songs. They had cutscenes. They had cutscenes. They didn't really have gameplay per se. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I meant, yeah, I mean, I mean cutscenes. Um, yeah. yeah, sorry about that. But yeah, they had the, the cutscenes from the games and stuff. So yeah, it, it had like the context of the music that was being played. So uh, that was really cool mm-hmm. for me. Now, it Go was ahead. fun also because the audience, uh, there was a lot of cosplayers there. There was a lot of Kingdom Hearts fans. And some people I even know from the various like YouTube and content creator communities that were there in attendance, which was great because it just added to just being there at the concert. It was just that much more fun. Again, experiencing this type of, you know, uh, presentation of the Kingdom Hearts series' music in, in that way. And it was just awesome. It was just a great thing. And people were able to buy CDs of like the concert renditions of those tracks, which I thought was cool. There was even a VIP meet and greet with Yoko Shimomura that was there. I don't know if necessarily if Tetsuya Nomura attended that as well, but I know a couple individuals that actually went and they were able to see Yoko there, which is pretty cool. Again, it's very brief for for people that were there, but it was still nice to be able to see that and to hear about that. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, even though we attended as press, it was cool to be around like, you know, real dedicated and hardcore fans of the series. Uh, I know you're one of those two, but, you know, we were there as press, but it was great just being around, you know, um, everyone else. It was a nice atmosphere and everything. Nice and positive vibes. So that was really cool. There was Um, a lot of Keyblades there. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I saw loads. And there was like full cosplay and everything from some people. Definitely, but um, yeah, Nomura. When he came out, he actually mentioned that uh, there would be more announcements at um, you know, the the Disney event. I think it's called D two three. D twenty three. D twenty three later D23. this year. Yeah, uh, that's actually next month, I believe. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to what that announcement might be. Um, I, I think we know we at this point what this... it is, though. I think we really already know what it is, though. At this point, like a new world. I think we're going to get the reveal of a new world and we're going to get to see some other characters that are probably key to the series. I still think that we're going to get the reveal of a frozen world. I've, I've always held that in regard or because I'm not sure if they're necessarily going to show a world that we've seen before, like a, like a part of a franchise that we know like Hercules was. I think they're going to show us something brand new. And I think that one of the Pixar movies or any of those CG movies would be ideal to show at this point. And, and again, any characters that we've seen from the franchise in that trailer that we got during the concert, we saw Organization 13. We saw a lot of the heartless characters that we're going to run into. We saw Sora, Donald, and Goofy. We saw Mickey. We saw Riku. We saw a bunch of characters that we know, and I think we're going to get more. But I think that's why they're hyping it up. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking either Frozen or Toy Story is what we make it in terms of the new Or world. San Francisco. It could be one of the worlds that they confirmed already because remember, we've gotten confirmation of San Francisco. We've seen Hercules. We've seen the Tangled world. We've seen all that stuff, but I think like the next big one would either be San Francisco or we're going to get a whole new world we haven't seen before, which I believe is Frozen. The other thing too, we should acknowledge because he kind of did hint at it, but I'm not sure we're going to get it. And if we do, I don't think they're going to stick to it, is a release window. I don't think we're going to get a release window for Kingdom Hearts 3. If we do, it'll probably be like sometime late 2018 to 2019. But I, I don't even think yeah. that they hit it. I think that it gets delayed, and they, they just say that for now, and it gets delayed. 
Yeah, I'm I'm thinking 2019 is when it may release, but I don't know if we're gonna actually get a release date um at you know the Disney event, but Me too. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But yeah, um I also wanted to mention that you know me and my friend Ramiz will actually be going to um a distant worlds orchestra later on this year. So um, you know, going to the Kingdom Hearts one got me super excited for that one because you know with with distant worlds final fantasy like i know you know a lot of that music so it's going to be great you know hearing that orchestrated and stuff so i want to hear all about it when you get back because i've never been to a distant worlds. they've come to the united states a couple of times where i've been in the area and i've never been able to attend and i always hear great things about it oh man that that's got to be on the bucket list too you got you gotta see that show yeah i i really want to go yeah can't wait but um any final thoughts before we end off with this yeah like i said just thanks to square enix and disney for allowing us to go we want to be able to attend more we want to be able to go to more and cover these types of events and you know special occasions for you guys let us know in the comments section which ones you guys want us to go over to because i know there's a bunch i know they have stuff like video games live and there's other special events related to rpgs like again the final fantasy 14 events and the cons that go around there's also the stuff that happens for final fantasy and a couple of the kingdom hearts special events that are littered throughout there's even stuff for other companies including the tales of series that are all over the place but let us know in the comment section where we could actually look for towards or at least look around to and maybe we could actually try to reach out to a few people and actually talk to them about actually covering them for you guys here on turn-based as well as also on the website yeah definitely we want to hear your comments people for sure but for now um look out for another turn-based episode next week because you know we will be talking about episode prompto once we get a chance to play it but uh, for now, definitely check out some of the other content on the coalition.com. That's coalition with a K. Um, and yeah, watch out for the next co-op podcast as well, because we'll be talking about, you know, some additional behind the scenes E3 stuff. Ooh, that we'll that's going to be a good one. For. That's going to be a real good one. I got so much to say on that. Uh, I know JJ's got some stories. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's it for now. Peace out, people. Final words. Take it easy, TJ. everybody. Uh, no, that's that's about it. Take it easy, everybody. Peace out. All See right. you on the next podcast. See you later.